Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Bible says, let all that have breath. I like a talk back church too. I do. And I'm going to, before we even get into the word, I just want to talk to you for just a minute. I got a lot of emotions stirred up on the inside. Not everybody get freaked out when you see what's on the board there. Okay. I'm not cussing at you. I know some of y'all, but I'm just speaking to you like God speaks to me. Plain. It's what he says. He says, make it plain. And write it down because my mind needs to understand what God's saying. And sometimes we, behind the pulpit, make it so super spiritual that we feel like we're very important, that we put ourselves over everybody else. Uh, That ain't me. I'm going to say ain't. I'm going to say jacked up. And and I'm going to just be me. But, uh, but, But the worship team preached my message. (laughs) I mean, that last song, my kids and my family know there's only one song that's gotten me through these last 13 months. And it was, he saw the best in me when everybody else around could only see the worst in me. (laughs) I'm just telling you, that's the song. That as I'm riding by myself, just driving, wondering what the heck is going on. That's the song that just played over and over. And just those two lines, that's it. There's a lot more to the song. But just, he saw the best in me. (laughs) When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. You know, that's what people do. They're so fast to just point out how bad everybody else is. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm stronger. I'm wiser. You know, sometimes we're so fast to pray. God, I want to grow in you. But when we start growing, we say, no, not that way. (laughs) No, I ain't doing it that way. (laughs) I didn't mean that kind of growth. I mean, we always say, God, I want more of you, less of me. And when we start speaking those things and he starts putting us through some fire. Through the test where things become more purified and the dross is swiped away. Mm. That's when God's getting us into a place to where he can really use us. So these last 13 months, God's spoken one word to me and it's this message today. So I'm going to share it with you. And that shift happens. We've all said it the other way, I'm sure. Don't act like you all spiritual. But we've all thought it. Mm. Shift happens. 
Sometimes it feels like we're up to our knees and shift. I'm just saying. I'm just preaching it to you the way God gave it to me. Is that okay? Okay. Because I don't want anybody to get those sour faces. And if you do, that's okay too. I've had them before and I'll have them again. But I'm thankful that I don't have to live up to anybody else's standards. God's created me and my wife and our family a specific way and not everybody likes the way God's created us. Unfortunately, even those that are closest to you. (laughs) They want close to you, but only sometimes for an agenda. (laughs) So these last 13 months, it's funny, you know, the last... Sermon I preached behind a pulpit, and I say behind a pulpit because I'm always preaching. I don't need a pulpit to preach God's word. Truly, marketplace ministry is my favorite place to share the gospel. I travel a lot, and not everybody can do what I do, but when I walk into a place, you know where I go? I walk straight up to the bar, and I sit down next to everybody else drinking. You know why? You ever talk to a drunk person? They will share their heart. They will tell everything there is to tell and more. It doesn't have any type of draw to me at all. I hate it. I don't even like the smell of it. My dad was an alcoholic. I grew up watching it and seeing it. Know the repercussions of it. So I know that whatever that is, they can have it. But what's here is what they're really searching for. That's true. I mean, every story, every story of every person I've ever talked to, it all comes back to they're looking for something. And they're trying to find it in this. It is. Good people making bad decisions every day. I once heard it said that every day people are dying and going to hell. And we don't give a damn. You know the scary part? A lot of people are more concerned with what I said the second sentence than they are the first sentence. They truly are. They're more concerned that I said damn in church than that people every day are dying and going to hell. God, shift our perception to where we see like he sees, to where we feel like he feels, to where we speak like he speaks. You're not going to be popular, I can promise you that. People aren't going to like you, I can promise you that. I'm just setting it out for you now. That way if you try it, you're not let down. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I just, I just thank God for being here. 13 months ago, the last sermon I preached behind a pulpit, the title of it was Friends. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> 
Who would have thunk it? Friends. My daughter helps me with my PowerPoints most times. And needless to say, there's a show out called Friends, and I copyrighted and stole their Friends logo for my message. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I'm giving them recognition now, so that way I don't get in trouble. Because people will even fault you for that. I can't believe you used that on a sermon. That's okay. God loves them. But the last sermon ever preached behind a pulpit was friends. In the loneliest time for the weeks following, my wife and I had no friends. There was a point to where she, we were showering and she said, you know, there's not one person we can call who would give us an unbiased opinion of are we doing what's right or what's wrong? Not one person. If you've ever been there, that's a sad time. To understand the loneliness of what it means to have no friends. The week of, after you just preached on friends. Wow. God's funny in the way he sets us up. I'm telling you what, he is so hilarious. I mean, I just look at it and shake my head and say, my God, you were setting me up the whole time. But then along come some folk who at the lowest point in our ministry's life, you know, my wife and I, we've been, we got married at 19 years old. This July, next month, will be our 18th wedding anniversary. And I'll tell you what. We've been in ministry our whole time together. People in ministry are mean. They've been trying to rip us apart for 18 years. Using her against me, me against her. But I'm still staying. She's still standing. During all the shifts in our life that we've had to walk through, a lot of it stunk, too. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. You know, I think why God speaks to me like this is so I don't forget what he's really saying. You know, a lot of times we leave a message and we don't remember. Man, that word was good. Next week, preacher says, what did I preach on last week? <laughs> I don't know, but it was good. It was good, Pastor. You tore it up. Guilty? Right? I know I'm guilty, so God speaks to me in ways that I won't forget. <laughs> so when you walk out of here and somebody pulls out in front of you as you're driving your car, you remember, man, shift happens. And you just go wave at him that time. God bless you. It was my fault. It was, no, it's really your fault, but I'll, I'll take the blame. It's okay. I doubt the majority of us wouldn't be that nice. God work on us. I'm, I'm glad I'm not perfected yet. 
I'm glad I don't have to live a life of perfection to live up to other people's standards. I'm glad that during these shifts, I've been matured in the faith. Understanding and knowing really, God, what are you saying? Because sometimes we walk through things and we think God's saying it, and it ain't God at all. It's us. Selfish desires. God help us. Myself included. When I preach, I'm preaching to me too. Remember, I got it first. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't, I, I don't like anybody to think, oh my God, he's coming down on me. This is the first time I've ever preached this. Hey, look at how he's talking to us. Who's he? Here I go to that sour face again. See if I even smile. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. But within these last 13 months, God has given us an abundance of friends. Those that could have very well just brushed us off. Don't have time. We're busy pastoring. We've got our own sheep. But instead, you guys opened your doors. Apostle John and Pastor Elaine and Caitlin and the whole C3 family. Whenever we were at our worst, you saw the best. And for that, we're forever grateful. Because I'm reminded of a scripture that no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And you guys laid your lives down for us. You don't even realize it. But you laid your lives down for my family. You say, well, we didn't even do that much. That's, you did enough. You allowed us to come in and sit in that third row back because that was, that was Tori's seat. <laughs> we tried the, this side, but she liked that side better. So, and you just know when it's real, when it's genuine because you don't have to fake it. You know, our, our lives, sometimes we've had to fake it till we made it, right? And that's okay too. But here it was just genuine. There was no faking. It was just as pure and as real and as heavenly as possible. And there was no rebuke needed, just friendly words and let the comforter, the Holy Spirit, work on us. Because when we came here, we needed some work, guys. We were broken. Stuff needed put back together. And now I can say that God's got us exactly where he wants us. So as the Holy Spirit the last 13 months has dealt with me and talked about all these different shifts that we've been through in our whole our whole life, it seems like has been a shift. And we really struggled with those earlier on in our marriage. Why? Because we held on to everything like this. We did, man. It was, it was like, that's my car. That's my truck. This is my house. 
This is my family. This is my church. And man, we held everything like this. And then a shift took place to where we lost everything. Everything. Our marriage was on the rocks. Four-wheelers were being taken. Cars were being taken, returned. House payments couldn't be made. Couldn't even fill up a gas tank. I'm like, I don't like this shift. I'm just saying. I don't like it at all. But at the right time, God would always put the right people in our past. People that would walk up and Diana would be putting like $3 a gas in because that's all we had. And somebody would walk up and say, hey, you know what? Here's 50. Just, just put 50 in it. Happened. Happened. Filled the tank up. Back then, that was when gas was like four plus stuff, almost $5 a gallon. Three bucks don't get you very far, just so you know. That's just enough to say, God, I hope we get home. And I ain't driving nowhere the rest of the week. But then we was attending a church, no names needed. And during Christmas, from Christmas through New Year's, he said, normally I preach a Christmas message, but I don't know why God has me preaching on this. And it was the principles of tithing. And that changed our life. A shift took place. And we didn't know. We, we were always like, hey, you know, we got a buck. Here's a buck. Oh, we got 20. Here's 20. Rather than understanding that God has more for us, that it's not just out of routine that we give, but it's out of the abundance of our heart that we give. So things, we, we, we wrote out that tithe check first, and it was like, oh, my God. What are we doing right now? Jesus, take the wheel. You know, because <laughs> we, did, we didn't know. But it was funny because the moment that we started understanding the law of reciprocity and, and the more you give, the more God wants to give back and, and how you bless others, then he can begin to bless you. And we couldn't understand it. We said, my God, stuff's just coming in. Income streams every, And it's like, what is happening? And we began to like be able to pay back our debtors. <laughs> you know, because they was, they was like, Jimmy Anderson, no, he ain't here. <laughs> no. Jimmy don't live here no more. <laughs> I changed my name to Jim on Facebook. <laughs> I just now changed it back to Jimmy. I ain't lying. Hey, you think I'm lying? I'm being, I'm being for real. But I didn't know the more aliases they have, the more names they have to be able to track it down. <laughs> I didn't know that, but now I do. So don't go changing your name. They'll find you. <laughs> but we, we began to just understand this, and God just began to just shift things in our lives. And we had more and more and more, and we were given more and more and more. And it was like, wow, 
God, you're doing this thing. This stuff's working out pretty good. And then other shifts have happened. I mean, we have so much that we could talk about our story. And, and I could just speak the whole next three hours on that. Thank you guys for that three-hour time limit, too. I appreciate it. So, All right, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I will do this. How many of you will give me five minutes at least? Five minutes. Five, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Hey, that three hours came back around. <laughs> Y'all gave me that three hours real fast. I told you. You thought I was being prophetic. You're like, no, that's pathetic. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> but for real, I'm, I'm going to hurry through this. But I, but I really believe God has a word for C3. And I was, as I was studying and thinking about shift happening, I thought, first I need to, we need to understand what it means to shift. Am I running this or are you? I am, okay. There we go. So to understand shift happening in our life, we have to understand what it means. Shift means to move or cause to move from one place to another. Every day we're facing that, right? Every day. I like the first part better than the second part. I like to just move in the Holy Spirit than to be caused to move. Because God will cause you to move. And that ain't comfortable. It don't feel good. And you and others are going to be upset. Another is a change in position, direction, or tendency. Shift happening in our lives. So, Father, right now I pray as we release this word, that it's not me that speaks, but the Holy Spirit through me that's releasing and touching hearts and penetrating and changing lives. Father, every one of us in this place is going through something. We're all in areas in our lives to where it feels like we can't do it no more. Or, God, I'm glad I'm through that before we're getting lined up for something else. So, God, through these shifts, may we learn from past happenings so we don't have to keep redoing and retaking these tests that we go through but father i just pray right now an abundance of blessing over each and every person in this place father the love and the blessings that they bestowed on my family and i may we just return it back to them tenfold a hundredfold right now father we love you we thank you and in jesus name Amen. So I don't have a new word to release to you. I just have an affirmation, an affirming word, a confirming word to release over C3, and it's in Haggai chapter 2. Verses 6 and 7. And I truthfully believe this is what heaven is declaring. 
And I think it goes right along with the word that was released at the first of the year. Supernatural blessings. Supernatural favor. This is the Lord speaking. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again, which means he's done it before, shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I don't think it's by happenstance that every one of us is dressed up for a moment Sunday. Dressed in the garb of the Lord's army. God gave me this scripture way before for this house. Way before Moment Sunday was ever announced. So when I found out, I was, you know, it's just something. It's just like, oh my. What are you doing? Oh, I know what you're doing. You're just affirming. You're confirming what I'm about to affirm to the house. Some of us physically have struggled. We have. I've been there. Some of us physically and financially and emotionally are still struggling. Maybe we need to understand the concept of what's being released over your life if that's you. You hear what he says? I will again shake the heavens and the earth. So if he's shaking something, what's in heaven has to come down to the earth. Has to. It's natural motion. You shake a rug. What happens? All the dust, all the dirt, it falls to below. Well, the heavens above are being shaken over C3. So for those that are hurting in health and in body, heaven is shaking over you. For those of you that are hurting financially, heaven is shaking over you. Wow. And it says, and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. That's not being prideful or boastful. That's speaking the word of God over our lives. I don't know about you, but when heaven is shaking, and the treasures of the earth. You know what treasures means? It's not always financially. It's not always monetary. A treasure is what somebody seeks and wants the most. That's what a treasure is. To somebody that's rich, a treasure of money means nothing. They're already rich. <laughs> For those seeking wisdom, we're in a season now to where those treasures are being released to you. To somebody needing strength and healing, that's being released to you. The treasure's here. Heaven's shaking. There's a shift taking place. There is. And you can either receive it or you can reject it. The choice is ours. I don't know about you, but I want everything. Everything. The song says, I want it all back. Everything that the devil stole from me, 
I want it all back. Right? Some of y'all earlier in your life felt a lot stronger. He wants to give that back to you. Double dumb. Amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I love a double portion, but you know what comes with a cost? A double portion comes with a cost. You don't just get a double portion. <laughs> you don't just get it. You got to fight for that joker. Mm. This guy right here, he went through some stuff. Anybody ever read Paul's writings? He went through some stuff. Some shift happened in his life. I always think, God, when I have it bad, <laughs> I can be like Paul. <laughs> Thank God I'm not. <laughs> Maybe some of us need to be. Maybe some of us need to go through some stuff to really see what God has laid out before us. Acts 20, 22, and 24, he says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. So when I read the word, I always make it like to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong for that, theologically speaking. I don't, I don't know. But, but I, I took out Jerusalem there, and I just put anywhere I go. And now I, Jimmy Anderson, am bound by the Spirit to go to Indian Trail, to Monroe, to Sunset Beach. I'm bound to go. I'm called by the king. I got to be prepared and ready for this. Listen, he says, I don't know what awaits me. So what Paul's saying is, there's constant shifting taking place. I don't know. I think the problem with why we struggle with that so much is because we always want to know. Right? I'm a planner. I like to know, like, what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm doing Tuesday, what I'm doing Wednesday, what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, my PDP at the top of every year, first thing I do is I pull out my calendar, and I start writing everything I know I got to do from January through December. I do, because I'm, I'm a planner. And you know why I plan? Because if something does happen, I got to plan to change it. Right? I'm like, okay. But God doesn't play by those same rules. Because just when you think you got him figured out, just when you think you know exactly what he's saying, a shift will take place. If you asked me 12 years ago when we moved from Northeast Ohio to Monroe, North Carolina, that in 12 years we'd be living at Sunset Beach, I would say, you're crazy. No, we're retiring at the beach. That's what we're doing. We're going to retire to the beach. Mm -mm. God says, nope. It's not what's going to happen. You're going to Sunset Beach. How many of us have a plan for tomorrow? Right? Y'all going to wake up? You going to brush your teeth, I hope? Take a shower, get cleaned up, 
and start driving to work. It's Monday. Monday we go to work, right? We all got a plan. You know, God could change that before you leave here today. He could. He could say, no, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. You guys don't worry about her. She's good. I'll let her come up and preach. I love babies. I do. I'm telling you what. Mm. She got a story to tell. <laughs> I want to hear what she's saying. I'm sorry. I won't preach, but I'm kind of interested now. <laughs> but, but tomorrow may never come. It may. Pastor John started the service off this morning. Thank you for being here because we could have been in a lot of other places. A shift could have taken place that we didn't plan for, that we didn't see. Paul lived his whole life that way. He said he went city to city, not knowing what awaits him, except that the Holy Spirit tells him that in city after city, that jail and suffering wait for him. How many like to live their lives that way? <laughs> right? I can't wait to go to jail again. I mean, some jokers do live their lives that way. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I got out. Still got the bracelet on. <laughs> you know? And then that curfew hits and they get locked up again. Devil made me do it. <laughs> right? But, but Paul lived his life knowing that he was going to be so bold in his faith that they were going to hate him so much that they were going to lock him up. Anybody in here ever been locked up because of your faith? Not one of us. Wow. I don't know about you, but that makes me scratch my head and think and say, God, am I doing right? Should we be? That's how I read the word. I think that way. God, wow, should, should we be ministering so much? That the lost gets so mad that they lock us up? That, that sinks in. I'm just like, wow. Hmm. I need to do more. Right? A shift needs to take place in my life to where I'm willing to do more. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by my Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Wow. God, help us. God, help us to do more, to be a brighter light, to not be intimidated, because that's what happens, right? Let's be real. Can we be real? Like you're like, Wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. They're in for it now. They're in for it now. You walk by somebody, you're like, not them. Not them. Lord Jesus is going to send the right one. No, nope, not them. Whole time you walk by, oh, I knew that. Oh, maybe, oh, maybe I should. No, 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 no. That's me talking. That's me, my selfishness, wanting to go back and just be boastful in myself. The pride. You walk by another homeless guy sitting on the street. Ooh, not him. He ain't going to listen anyhow. You know how many people's ministered to him? Right? 
Maybe nobody. Maybe everybody's thinking the same way you're thinking. God help us. It doesn't mean that. See, a lot of times where we get in trouble, though, is we take on false responsibility of thinking that we have to save the world somehow. It's not our responsibility to save anybody. We just speak Jesus. He died so that the whole world might have life. Not you, not me. He did. Listen. Isaiah 54, 10. I use a lot of scripture. Is that okay? I I just preach the word. I mean, the word preaches itself, truthfully. I don't really got to say anything more than what the word already says. We could just come in here and read 10 scriptures and say, well, that was good. (laughs) Honestly. Isaiah 54, 10, listen, he says, For the mountains may move and the hills will disappear. So in other words, when I read that, I say, shift will happen. (laughs) But you ever see those people like when something happens, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (sighs) And then they're caught. (laughs) Trauma. I mean, they love drama. Maybe it's you. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. If that's you, if that's you, you need to work on that. Jesus, go fix it out. God help us. But like we, we're reading here, it's telling us it's going to move. Things are going to disappear out of your life that maybe you thought, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever, and then it's gone. That stuff's going to happen. You know, our response to when it does happen is what God's looking for. That shows character, integrity. That shows who you are and how well you're grounded, how strong your faith is. But, man, we get a, oh, Lord. My dog died. The dog died. Dogs are going to die. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before. But like people will not come to church for like six weeks. I put it on Facebook and the pastor never even reached out. He knew the dog died. It was all over social media. I mean, listen. Dog lovers, I'm a dog lover. I love dogs. I do. But we got to get real. I mean, we're either strong believers in Christ, and we don't let things disrupt what God's trying to do, or we are so weak and vacillating in our faith that we don't even know where we're going or what's happening. We know those people, right? We see them. It's like, well, it is what it is. I hate when people say that. It isn't what it is. That's a wrong statement. It is what it is. No. We have, by our words, the ability to change the atmosphere. It isn't what it is. People live their whole It is what it is. Oh, man, when people say that, it's just, that's like a pet peeve of mine. That's one of those things where I'm like, oh, my God, can you believe they said that? <laughs> yeah, I get that way sometimes, too. Let somebody cut off in front of me today. You see what happens. <laughs> Shift will happen. I'm going to get this close to the bumper. I might even flash my lights. Don't act like you ain't never done that before. 
Uh, no, no, not me. Not me, Pastor Jimmy, not me. You know, liars are friars. You know what they say. Just saying. Hey, hey, you can hashtag that if you want. I didn't, I didn't. Hey. Liars are friars. That means they're going to burn up. God help us. God help us. No, it ain't a good fry. It ain't fire. It ain't like you all say. Fire. I can't even say. You, know, you got to help me out. You got to help me. All right. But even then, listen, it says, when the mountains move and the hills disappear, because that's going to happen. Listen, but even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessings will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy for you. So for those of us that get like all freaked out when all hell starts breaking loose, just remember Isaiah 54, 10, this latter part. Listen, his covenant of blessing will never be broken. He has mercy on you. Wow. Wow. I, you know what? There's two gifts that I love the most that God supplies us with. Besides, I love salvation. Don't get me wrong. Grace and mercy. God, I need more grace and I need more mercy. I do. I do because without it, whew, we'd all be in trouble. Y'all wouldn't like me without grace and mercy. You wouldn't because then the old me would start to just formulate again. It's like pieces, like molecules just coming together. Like, oh, God, I don't like that person. I'm going to have to crucify him daily. <laughs> That's what Paul said. He had to crucify his flesh daily. Some of us go like we, like Sunday to Sunday. Well, it's Sunday again. I'm ready to die to flesh. Worship in the spirit. Hey. If you can make it that far, y'all a whole lot better than me. I got to remind myself like multiple times a day, flesh you're dead, flesh you're dead, flesh you're dead, flesh you're dead. Hey, that's just real talk. And maybe I ain't there yet. I'm working on it. Jesus still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You know? Let's go to the New Testament in James 1.17. Again, confirmation when shift happens. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift. That's a treasure coming down to us from God our Father. Remember Haggai chapter 2, the shakings of the heavens and the earth? That's what James is saying here. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all of the lights in the heavens. You know, we're on earth, so we're very limited to what we really get to see in the heavenly. I mean, if we could, like, go outside of even, like, North Carolina, you know, you go out west and see the sunset, it's a lot different than the sunsets here. It is. See the sunrise in the east? I get front row view of that now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> see that thing rising up. But that's a different perspective than what you have here three hours away, even in Indian Trail. The lights of the heavens. Wow. I mean, I just thought that scripture, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that is amazing. 
Listen, it says he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So I thought about that going back to the the same verse, but like the words before that, the lights in the heavens. And then he never changes casting a shifting shadow. So I'm like, God, you got, you're saying something here. Because to me in natural, it makes no sense. You know, yeah, I mean, it does. He's not casting a shadow, you know, no darkness. We'll walk in the light, right? But I'm thinking, so then I did a little more studying. So what it basically means is he never changes, even though we move and shift. That's what it really means. Because in the English, I think it was kind of a little broken there. He never changes. Yeah, we know that. Or casts a shifting shadow. That means like when we're walking this way and God has a new direction, and then we start walking this way, he's still there. He's still there. Cloud by day, fire by night. So when you're in your darkest, it's a different light than when you're in the sunshine and everything's great. I mean, we all like it when it's good, right? I mean, it's like, oh, my God. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Right? And then there's times like, oh, my gosh, who are you? And what did you do with my wife? Huh? Friday night fights, baby. Huh? I told you, 18 years of marriage, you go through some shift. It ain't always like, oh my gosh, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. I'm so glad God put you right in the center of my life when he did. (laughs) Good luck if that's the way you live. I call that fake. Just for real. Just for real. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm striving for. I want to see my wife every day as if the way God sees my wife every day. But some days I have bad days. And it's not because God's vision toward her is blurred. It's because mine is. <laughs> I got to watch out what I say up here. Oh, man. Pastor John and I were in the office in the back and we were throwing around analogies of what it's like when you get up here after 13 months of not ministering. And the example that I'll give because it's more friendly was it's like going into a restaurant for the first time and it's a buffet and I don't like buffets cuz everybody touches and sneezes on it and touches it. I mean if you like if you like buffets that's that's you're okay that you do the buffet but I mean <laughs> ain't nobody going to Golden Corral after today. <laughs> but but you walk in and it's like wow there's like 13 booths to choose from and plates at every one and you're like where do I start? That's what it felt like for me getting up here after 13 months. I'm like Oh my gosh, I got so much to say. (laughs) And only three hours to say it. (laughs) But here's what I want to do say. What you're going through is not strange. 
Sometimes we feel like when we're going through something that we're the only ones going through it. You know why? Because us as a church historically has been so poor at supporting those going through stuff. You don't have to agree, but it's the truth anyhow. I'm not saying C3. I think C3 does it right. How do I know? I lived it. (laughs) I can only speak through inference of what's happened in my life. And I've been in other places to where when somebody comes in, going through something, you just start like throwing, throwing stuff. And it may not be a hard throw. It may not be like a, oh, you getting it now. But you know the soft throws hurt too? You know that jab that you throw out there? That's why a boxer jabs. It's The uppercut's the knockout. The jab's what breaks somebody down. Just bow, bow, bow. You ever watch a good boxer? That's what he does. Just that constant aggravating, you know, it's like a gnat. Smacking it, you know, just that constant, that constant punch, punch. And then when you see him, what we do? Oh, yeah, baby. This is a good one. God help us. God help us. We're supposed to be inviting the broken. The lesbian, the gay, the transsexual, the queer, and now the plus. That's everything else, guys. That's like, because there's people now that think they're dogs. You know? They think they're a dinosaur or a unicorn. I mean, that's some weird stuff. We can be real, right? But but you know what they're doing? It's, it's the same thing as the person sitting at the bar that I started the stories off. They're searching for something. They just ain't drinking it. They may not just be smoking it like you smoked it. They may be dressed up in a unicorn outfit. What would the church do if that happened right now? I think of these things. How would I handle it? I, when I pastored, that's what I thought of. God, if somebody walks in like that, how would I handle it? How would the rest of the body handle it? Would we call for security and tackle them out? I mean, we got... I, this stuff speaks to me. This is how God talks. Because that kind of shift is going to happen. It's not a matter of if. It's when it happens. Because when, when the heavens shake and the earth shakes, you know, there's some stuff in the earth that's been buried for a long, some crazy, ugly stuff that we ain't never seen before that's about to take place. So as good as the heavens shaking over our lives, there's about to be some bad stuff being released in the earth. It's going to happen. So how do we handle when that type of shift takes place? We're all for the heavens being shook. Oh, yes, God. Let it rain. Pour out your anointing. And that's good. But I like to think what's on the contrary. 
Because just as things are being shaken in the heavens and the earth, the spiritual realm is too being shook. So just like we live in the good, godly, spiritual realm, there's also a perverted, ungodly, spiritual realm. There is. So are we ready for that shift too? Where does light shine the brightest? <laughs> Woo! Now that gets me excited. Because I see and I read the word, men in the last days will wax worse and worse. Being lovers of men rather than lovers of God. That shift's already taken place. It's here. And that may not get you excited, but that gets me excited because my little light is going to shine. And then if your light shines and your light shines and your light shines and everyone in here's light begins to shine, man, people like to watch fire burn. They do. They like to watch it burn. I mean, like you're driving, you see smoke. You'll detour where you're going to go see what's burning. Like, man, is that somebody's house? And if you got there and it was, what were you going to do? I mean, I, those, those are things I think of. I don't know. Those are, hopefully call 911. Go in and save the dog. <laughs> Had to go back to it. So as we were talking, there's good shifts, but there's also a bad shift. And the Bible spoke of it right here in Galatians 1.6. He says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. There's that loving mercy again, as spoken in Isaiah 54.10. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. You guys remember, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Ever, ever seen a video? Every one of them's in blue jeans and a white shirt and blonde, blonde dyed hair, just walking. Will the real Slim, nobody could point out who Eminem was there. No, I mean, he, they all look the same. So the Bible talks about having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We're there today. There's people who were so strong in the faith. I seen it this week, sadly, on Facebook. Pastors blaspheming against God. <laughs> Putting it on face, social media everywhere. I'm like, man, if, I don't know about you, but like this whole week coming up, I knew I was going to be preaching. I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I get scared. You know why? Because what I'm releasing releases authority and power. And it ain't playing. That's scary. I'm sitting down there doing that last song, and I love the song, but I'm the whole time thinking, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Lord, Lord, don't, don't let me ever neglect the truth in your word to please men.
So there's going to be those that have been close to you that you thought, man, those are some strong Christians that are going to err away in these days. Why? There's a shifting. And they're not standing as strong as what you thought they were. You're going to be like, wow, I never thought. I never thought he, I never thought she, I never thought they. That's going to take place. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do when that shift takes place? And I'm not here to scare you doom and gloom. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. I believe preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news. (laughs) Listen, Colossians 1 and 23. This breaks it down even more. Going back, playing off of Galatians 1.6. It says, Colossians 1.23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. That seems like an oxymoron to me. How can we know that shift's coming and stand firm? Pastor Jimmy, how is that even possible? By faith. That's it. Whenever shifting happens and things are being torn around and you're like, what is happening right now? You're still standing firm. When all hell comes against you, you're still standing firm. You may be getting hit in the face. Blah, blah, blah. You're like, this does not feel good. Spiritually, your tank is like empty. It's like, I need a refill. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. And then it feels like you're still walking to that next journey. Like, if I go one more step, this tank's about to just be bone dry. But he says, stand firm in it. Shift is going to happen. How we stand in that shift is what's going to identify the outcome in our lives. It would have been very easy for Diane and I over the last 13 months just to lay down, quit, just say, we're done, forget it. It had been real easy after your first failed marriage to say, nope, not going to happen. This isn't going to work. I'm never looking for another woman again. I'm never looking for another man again. I've been through this. I've tried this. Nope, my tank is empty when it comes to that. No, that's not what God wants. He wants you to press, press, press. You know why we don't like to press? Because when we're pressed, it hurts. When you're pressed, it hurts. You ever been like smash something? Like there's a bug. You just press that thing. It's dead. Being pressed by God. Being broken by God. That hurts. And a lot of times we'll just be in the place of complacency then rather than working for perfection. So many Christians today, God help us, are in a place of complacency because it's comfortable, because it feels good, because it's what you've always done, and because no one is saying anything against you. You're just complacent. You say, and here's what people say, well, I'm just standing. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
You know, standing is a forward motion. We think standing's this. Well, the enemy's coming this way. So if we're standing like this, your standing is going to knock you over. But if you're standing like this, you're now pursuing the enemy as he comes this way. You're now pursuing, you're standing toward him. So that shift is happening. You're shifting your focus beyond self and what you've been through in the past. Don't get knocked down. Because the enemy, that's what he wants to do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He does. So where's your joy at? Is it stolen? Where's your faith at? Did he kill it? The Bible talks about dead faith. It does. It does. It produces no fruit. So God, that's where we have to examine our lives. God, are we producing dead fruit? Is it like somewhat blossom and then just wither away? You ever see those people? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. Just boom, hitting the wall. Boom, hitting the wall. Boom, hitting the wall. Boom, hitting the wall. You're like, my gosh, what is wrong with that person? Why can't they just make it through? Well, maybe it's because it's something that they've been through in their past that's holding them back from pursuing what God has for them. Listen, don't drift away. So in other words, don't shift away from God. We need to shift towards God. Every day of our life, everything that we do, should you should ask yourself every day, am I shifting toward the things of God or am I finding myself shifting towards the things and the pleasures of the world? You know, sin's fun. Sin's fun. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. That's in the word. But you know what also says after that? But only for a season. So here's what I want to declare to you that are going through some stuff. Your season is over. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.